The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome back to another installment of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio today. Kwame should be calling in a little bit later, otherwise you're here with me. Monday morning, um, I just got a piece of paper from Mr. Ryan Treasure, uh, one of the one of the bigwigs here at Ed Voice America, telling me that starting next week, we will be moving our time slot back to 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, because Arizona will now again be in line with the Pacific time zone. I I mean, I'm not happy. I like, I like coming in at... Uh, you know, eight thirty, hanging around, reading some things, and then coming out at ten. But for all everybody in Arizona, we will be moving our slot back to nine o'clock to once again be in line with Pacific Time Zone. Oh man, that's gonna stink. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, lots to talk about today. Oscar uh, Pistorius um, pled not guilty to the murder of his girlfriend last year. I believe it was on Valentine's Day of 2013. I'll talk about that a little bit. Talk the Honda Classic. Very uh, intense, but intense for the wrong reasons. Golf tournament yesterday. Um, Rory McIlroy blew another one. I'll talk about that. Russell Henley coming out with the win in a playoff. Talk NBA. Phoenix Suns have done something that I didn't think they were going to do in the past week or so. I'll cover that. And then I might talk a little Jimmy Graham towards the end. The Saints use the franchise tag on him, but it's it's interesting because it's a non-exclusive franchise tag, and for those of you who don't know what that is, I will talk about that later. Watched the Oscars last night. Uh, it pretty much went went scratch for what everybody thought it was going to go. Uh, I'm really happy that 12 Years a Slave uh, won Movie of the Year. Uh, I, for those of you that know me, know that I'm a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan, a huge advocate uh, it just seems like this guy can't catch a break. Matthew McConaughey had an amazing performance in Dallas Buyers Club from what I saw on the clips. <laughs> I, I still have to watch it, but um, I just I, this guy just can't catch a break. I really want him to win a freaking Best Actor Oscar. He's been in so many good movies. And somehow, I don't know if it's the, it's the scripts he's taking, if the scripts he's acting, or... If it's just not the genre that that the Academy's looking for, maybe it's because most of them are not true stories. I, I'm really not sure. I mean, Titanic was a true story. Obviously, not the, the love portion of it. Wolf of Wall Street, true story. So, I don't know. That's why that's my Oscar spiel for the day. Um, Oscar Pistorius pleads not guilty to murder. Uh, he's sticking to his story. That 
he popped off four shells into the bathroom because with with the closed door because he thought there was an intruder and he was trying to protect him and his girl. Ended up being his girlfriend that was shot and killed. Um, I don't believe him. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's a common common notion at this point. Uh, innocent until proven guilty, especially in South Africa. This is their O.J. Simpson trial. He's a 27-year-old phenom with knee-down amputated on both of his legs. So it would be an amazing story if he wasn't an alleged murderer. And it was. I mean, he performed in the Olympics, competed in the Olympics, I should say. Sorry. I, I just I, I don't know how somebody can snap like this. I just don't know. One of the witnesses, the first witness came out yesterday and said, quote, it was very traumatic. You could hear it was blood-curdling screams. You can't translate into words. The anxiousness in her voice and fear, it leaves you cold. The witness talking about his ex-girlfriend before, or his girlfriend before um, the shots rang out, which is poses the opposite side of what Oscar Pistorius is claiming really happened. I just see this as a last-ditch effort of a desperate man who has hu- uh, enormous rage inside of him trying to save his existence. I'm not sure how, how long this case will last, but I feel like because it's so high-profile, it, it'll drag out more than a normal case in in this, you know... Under this umbrella. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. It's just sad. And I mean. If this truly is the OJ Simpson trial. Of South Africa. And and he gets off somehow. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean that, that'd be. That'd be pretty catastrophic. Uh, I will keep an eye out. Keep an eye on the pulse of that story. And, and report anything new that I see. Throughout the shows and. And throughout the upcoming week, Honda Classic, Roy McIlroy was 12 under going into the final round. Shoots a 74. Loses in a playoff. All four guys that were in the playoff, Russell Henley, Rory, Ryan Palmer, and Russell Knox, played awfully in the final round. Ryan Palmer had the best of the sh- best showing of him shooting a 69. But three of these four guys put the ball in the water, I think on the back nine, in one hole or another. And it, this is the downside of having a bunch of young golfers coming onto the scene is that they're not polished. They're not, they haven't had the experience that all the veterans have had, especially in late rounds in big tournaments that would yield the ability to keep the ball in the fairway, to keep the ball on land as opposed to shanking it into the water. And Rory, I I know he's only 24. Like, I get that he's young, but he's been through this. He's now held accountable regardless of how old he is. And on 18, which after an awful round that he had, the gusto that he had from 245 yards out to hit the fairway medal within nine feet on 18 – to set up an eagle putt for him to have the chance to win the tournament after his bad as he played, that that was pretty that was pretty ballsy. And unfortunately, he missed that putt. It, it was he. You, you, 
Oh, I think we have hey Kwame. Uh, I think we have Kwame on the line. Hey, Alex. Hey, what's up? Hey, um, I'm just talking the 18th hole specifically with Rory uh, from yesterday. That shot that he hit, if he would have made that putt, that would have been one of the best comebacks from an awful round in, in in recent years with golf. And you could see that he was still nervous with that nine-footer. And it's like he's playing on house money at that point from hitting that amazing shot from 250 out. And the green is was very unforgiving. I mean, they, they, he had to hit it over water in the skinny part of the green, which is where the hole was, where the pin placement was. And I thought that he was going to make that putt. I thought that that might have springboarded him into kind of getting his swagger back that he hasn't had in a long time. So did, did you watch the final round yesterday? I did. And uh, Roy, Roy leading uh, the entire tournament, actually, and then having to go into the playoff, which, which happened. Uh, but I thought he still had most of that momentum going and getting into the playoff. As you mentioned, he had a great shot. I thought he would make the putt. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out in his favor. But that, all that did was show that he's back in rare form. He's striking the ball well. He's uh, accustomed to these new clubs that he has, the Nike clubs. Because remember, he, tra- he changed over, came over to Nike. So he was getting adjusted to the clubs and the fitting, um, probably to his old specs. Uh, but this year, it seems like Rory, if he sticks to how he's been and how when he loses tournaments and how he loses those tournaments, then Rory would probably come back in the next two, one of the two golf tournaments and win. He um, he win those tournaments. You remember what happened to him in the Masters? He came back and won. But this just showed me that Rory is back in rare form as far as uh, striking the ball well and possibly winning about three. Maybe one of those being a major this year and uh, on a PGA Tour. Yeah, I, and. As anybody that's watched Rory over his career so far, Rory goes as his putter goes, and he did not putt well yesterday. Uh, that nine footer was pretty much just left edge, and I saw. I mean, I, I they showed the read of the green before when when uh, I believe it was Ryan Palmer uh, made a, made a par putt there to go into the playoff to finish it to stay at eight under. Um, he just misread a, a pretty easy putt to read. And I don't know if that was nerves. I don't know what it was. I don't know if maybe he didn't expect to nail, to stick that, that fairway medal that close to the hole to actually give himself a chance to win the tournament. I'm not sure where his thought process was, but when he puts well, he's the best golfer in the world. I mean, he, uh, I, he really I say, is. Um, I say it is nerves. Uh, people may discount that because those guys are out there and they're professional, but, you know, they're out there for four days, uh, most times five days with a practice round, pro-am on Wednesdays. Uh, so they know the lay of the green. you out there in contention on that final day. And remember, the bear, I played the Bear Trap, the, I mean the um, Honda course, and that 17, 16, 17, 18, it really is one of the most difficult ones that's on tour. But when you, if you're in contention on that fourth day, I think you have a pretty – a pretty good uh, assessment of what the greens are doing and how they're playing and the speed of the greens as far as the rolls. So I have to say, at that point, it became a nerve thing. Maybe it was shorthanded. Maybe he looked up. Uh, most of those guys keep their head down for a while as they, as they put the ball to keep it online. But when you're in contention like that and you not have been that in a contention, and you talked about Palmer, you talk about the guy who wins it, when you haven't been like that, I mean, those nerves come into play a lot. Yeah, I mean, I understand. And then, but going into the the first playoff hole, Rory had the same exact shot. He had the same exactly. exact shot. Now, when it comes to something 
with four guys, every stroke is obviously magnified because you know. So he's so he's in the same spot. Why do you not lay up there? Why do you have to go for the green and two? I mean, yeah, you, well, you hit a miraculous shot. If you lay up and you and you stick it within ten feet, have a shot for birdie. A birdie's going to win that hole and ended up winning it. And eagles, it's so difficult to eagle that hold once. I don't understand, and he and he didn't eagle it the first time. I don't understand why you'd go for the whole thing right away, as opposed to maybe because they'd go back to seventeen if every if people would have tied that hole with their score, they would go to seventeen, which is a par four is leaves a lot less room for error. So I feel you know, if I- if you post up a birdie. I, I feel like it would have been the smarter thing to do there instead of pulling a Phil Mickelson and overshooting the green into the into the bunker. I, I just don't I, I don't understand. I think that but that shows it, it, lack of question. lack well, of maturity. One I, I don't have the answer to because uh, when when you plan well, you figure out let me get this over with. It's, some, it's, it's whether we go for two or we kick the uh, extra point. It's those decisions you make at that time, and if you plan well, you feel like, well, I've been striking the ball well, I'm going for it. Uh, and especially if you got a shot at it, but then you can play smart at the same time. And like you said, which would have been uh, that's a, that's a game time decision. You know, put it, lay it up, put it in the control, get a control club in your hand, put it within five feet, and make birdie, and birdie wins the hole, or birdie takes you to. 17 and you got another chance at it right now we got to take a break on the other side i want to talk tiger woods i'm i'm over the moon upset about him withdrawing from the tournament i'll tell you why on the other side Cormie lasseter sports talk voice voiceamerica.com we'll be back to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. 888-346-9144 is the phone number if you'd like to chime in. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. Like our Facebook page, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Got some things coming up in the next couple weeks. A reminder, starting Monday of next week, we will be moving from 9 to 10 a.m. From 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be online with Pacific Standard Time. No more of this Arizona cowboy stuff. Um, we've been talking golf, talked a little bit about Rory. I want to talk about Tiger Woods. He withdrew on the back nine of Sunday after going five over for that round alone. I'm in great disgust. He, 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 uh, he cited back pain. Okay. If you were in contention, nobody would have heard about the back pain. And I understand that when you finish that low in a tournament, the money's not totally there. And obviously money's not an issue for him. So I understand that. When money's not an issue anymore, why finish? Finish because you're a professional. Finish because you're still the face of the game even though you haven't been relevant in maybe six years. I mean, I know you won player of the year last year. You haven't won a major since 2008. You've always gauged your play on your on your major wins. And it looks like right now that after 18 years of being on the tour, Tiger might have not just lost one step. He might have lost a lot of what he used to have. And I understand a lot of it's through injury. I understand that the rigors of the tour for a 20-year-old kid coming in might have might have proven to be detrimental to his body now. I understand that. But finish the damn round. Finish the round. Go off into the sunset. Do your, do your exit interviews. And go on to the next tournament. I just don't understand why he thinks he can get away with this. He did this a couple years back. Cited some sort of injury when he was out of contention on a Sunday. Rory McIlroy did this, I believe, last year, and he said, my, my, my head's all over the place. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. At least he was honest. At least he was, at least he was genuine. And I don't know what Tiger's thinking. Nobody's bigger than the game of golf. Granted, yes, you brought a lot of money, a lot of sponsors, a lot of viewers to the game of golf. You've helped... The game of golf um, progress and proceed forward, not only financially but worldwide with with people watching and loving golf. You've spawned this new young generation of golfers that try to get their cue card early, that try to get their uh, go to cue school early, try to get their tour card earlier on. The kid was twenty four. The one the one yesterday, twenty five. I just don't think that there's any sort of reason why you couldn't finish those last four or five holes. Five holes, I believe. There's zero reason. Just try. If, you, if your back was hurting early in the morning, you should have withdrawn at the beginning of the round. I would have been happier with that than watching you put up a 40 spot on the front nine and then just giving up. Do you know how much money you're getting paid? Sponsors? Probably entry fees to different tournaments? Do 
You're getting paid so much money to be professional in your craft. And you're not professional. You're not being professional. What about all the people that came out to watch you watch you play? They came out to follow you even though you had fallen so far out of contention that you were inconsequential to the actual tournament itself. I can't understand. I can't understand. When adversity strikes, you just bail. And the adversity for you, because you've been at the upper echelon of golf pretty much ever since you came into the, ever since you joined the PGA, this is your adversity. Social adversity and when you suck adversity. And so far, when adversity hits, you don't do very well. Reinventing yourself doesn't take this long. On the other side of this argument, maybe golf isn't that important to him anymore. I mean, it happens. He's got Lindsey Vaughn now. I think somebody that he actually genuinely cares about. Somebody that's an athlete. They have that killer instinct together. Like, that'll definitely bond two people together. I understand that. Maybe he's Phil Mickelsoning it right now. Maybe he's learning that there's a world outside of golf. And I think that at this point, he's mature enough to take on that responsibility of having a relationship other than one with his golf clubs. So maybe that's the other side. And if that's the case, he should say that in a press conference. Somebody asked him, why why do you think you haven't been playing so well? You know what? I'm in love with my girlfriend, and I'm trying to see what's out there besides golf. I still have my killer instinct. I still want to win majors. I still want to be the best golfer ever. But maybe I'm taking a mental hiatus from how strong, strong-minded strong I used to be when I didn't know anything but golf. I mean, it's possible. It's feasible. I just don't know if he's capable of that. He's never really shown any human characteristics. And, and, and I think that he's always been very good with the media. You know, he's la- he laughs in, in his, uh, his post-round post uh, interviews. I just think that he's finally starting to see a world outside of golf. So that does not take away my, I mean, disgust is, is pretty, pretty aggressive. Just my disappointment of him withdrawing from the Honda Classic yesterday. And on the other side, talking about his personal life, I believe that that is, that is the umbrella over his golf game now, not just from yesterday. And I think yesterday maybe he was injured. Okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But don't start the round. You're not, gonna, you're not in contention anyway. So if you're going to start it, you better finish it. I just don't know if he'll ever win a major again. I mean, people are saying, oh, this year, it's got to be the year he's not. And then next year, they'll say, oh, if he hasn't won one this year, he's got to win one. He's got to win one next year. I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be never ending with him because winning regular tournaments don't matter, matter anymore. They don't count. 
They just don't count. If he were to win the Masters again, if he were to win the U.S. Open again, that would rocket him right up back to the top of the ranks. One tournament could do that. The fact that he didn't shoot in the 60s on any weekend for any major last year until the last one, I think it was the last Sunday he shot around in the 60s. The eighth round out of eight on the weekend was the only time he shot in the 60s. Granted, these these turn, these uh, courses are hard, but everybody else was putting up 60s. I, I, don't, I don't really understand. This year, I believe, I need to double check on this, but I believe he's won at every place that the majors are being held at. I believe that this is the year that people have been waiting for to see. I just can't get over. I don't understand why he just pieced out. He hasn't finished in the top 30 in any tournament this year. And these are the tournaments he won five times last year. I was wrong on Friday with those numbers this past Friday. He's won he won five times last year, three out of the first five tournaments. He won at Tory Pines. He won the Byron Nelson and he won the Honda, I believe. So these courses, he's won numerous amounts of times, seven, eight, nine times each. That's a lot. And for to not be in contention or even close. You're not playing against these other golfers. You're playing against the course. Course hasn't changed that much. Weather wasn't an issue yesterday or this week. So something's amiss. Something is not right here. Or maybe something is completely right here because he's putting more weight in his personal life. And you cannot fault anybody for that. I just wish he would give us a real answer. Instead of just saying, oh, I left a couple putts out there. You know, I drove the ball pretty well. I'm close. He's been close for the better part of a decade. I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to get better. And it scares the hell out of me. As a golf fan... For the past 18 years, it's been, well, I'd say probably for the past 14, or 14 out of the past 18 years have been blissful watching him. He was a boy among men when he came in, and he was crushing them. He was absolutely the best golfer, period. Maybe it's him 18 years on the PGA Tour may seem like 25 to him and his body. I'm not sure. we got to take a break. On the other side, I'll talk. I'll finish up this talk, talk a little NBA, talk some Jimmy Graham. Two segments left. I'm going to pack them full with information. Alex Clancy in studio. Call me last for sports talk. I'll be back. Hey. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. 888-346-9144. Give us a call. Got a lot to talk about still. Just finished talking Honda Classic Tiger Woods. Move a little to the NBA. Suns beat the Hawks 129-120 yesterday. Put up 79 points in the first half. Uh, this is something that I did not expect. Uh, they were on kind of a downward turn. Had lost three in a row last week, early on. They've, they've won the last two and gotten some help. Golden State has dropped one in a row. Well, one in a row. Golden State lost yesterday. The uh, the Mavericks lost two, has lost two in a row, and Memphis had lost one too. So now that now Phoenix is in the seventh seed, tied with Dallas, they have one less loss than Dallas, and one less win than Golden State. So they're half a game out of the sixth seed, and they're a game and a half out of being out of the playoffs. So. Uh, they're in a very precarious position, but I do believe that they, they're they actually, what am I trying to say here? They're maturing by the second. Goran Dragic, he's a leader. He still lacks the complete leadership qualities, but he's getting there. I mean, this is... This is a brand new team. I mean, a lot of new pieces. Injuries. Additions. You know, 19, 8, and 5. Take it. Two turnovers. Like, numbers like that, if he can continue to consistently put these numbers up, 
they they might be able to make a run, especially if they play. I mean, I don't know who would be who would be worse to play, San Antonio or Portland. I just I don't see them winning a playoff series, but they're still exciting to watch. You put up that many points, God, Goran Dragic, twenty and a half points, six and a half assists a game. This came out of nowhere. He showed flashes of brilliance. He put up 40 against New Orleans Friday night, the ESPN game. He's shown flashes, and then now he's he's right there. He's on the cusp. I wonder if he can be a Steve Nash. I wonder if he has the skill set and the work ethic that made Steven Nash so good. He's shooting over 50% from the field this year. Over 40% from three. 75% from the line. And he gets to the line, you know, four, five, six, seven times a game. So if he can get that up to 80, 85% over the next couple of years... We might have a perennial all-star on our hands. He's got to stay healthy, too. He's the key. And I had a conversation with my friend about this. Who do you sign first if you had to sign one person to a long-term deal? Goran Dragic or Eric Bledsoe? Now, obviously, the spurt-out, yell-out answer right away would be Eric Bledsoe because he's young, he's fast, he's athletic. But then you got to think. Who has more upside? Give it to Eric Bledsoe because, again, for everything I just mentioned. Who's safer, Goran Dragic? But that's not to say that it wouldn't be a better signing. I would pick Goran Dragic. He's still young-ish. He's still young-ish, and he's already gone through the transition of being a young kid, you know, loose kid, raw, to starting to become really polished. It's his fifth year in the league. He's 28 years old. And he's starting to hit his stride. Now, do you want to go through that whole thing again with Eric Bledsoe and start over? Can you sign both of them to a lot of money? Or will that handcuff you into not being able to bring anybody else in? Which I do believe it will. I think, personally, that if they're doing all of this without Eric Bledsoe, and it's unfair to Eric Bledsoe because he got hurt and because... You know, the Suns have been on a sick run all year. But Eric Bledsoe has played in, played in uh, what, 10, 12, 15 games? 20 games? They didn't go 20-0 when he was on the floor. If you have to pick one of two, I would pick Goran Dragic. 
don't become a cautionary tale. Don't be the Dallas Mavericks letting Steve Nash go. I understand it wasn't the exact same situation. But you cannot let this kid go. And I'm not saying they will. I think he's going to be a son for life, and I think they're going to work it out. But Eric Bledsoe is a restricted free agent, and he's going to want to get paid. I would sign and trade Eric Bledsoe, personally. And I know that it's sounds a little crazy, but I do believe that if you can sign and trade him for a player or two and a draft pick, I would take it. A big guy veteran, you know, power forward, a real power forward, and a draft pick, I would take it. Because they have guys they can shoot. They have perimeter players. If Gerald Green continues to play like this, he's going to be their shooting guard. I mean, he just is, and he is now. Eric Bledsoe's hurt, so obviously he would be the sixth man if Eric Bledsoe was playing. Gerald Green dropped 33 last night. I mean, I know defense was at, was at a minimal, was at a minimum. But yeah, they need a power forward in, 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 in Phoenix. I mean, and a center. Alex Len, I, I'm not sure if that was a great draft pick. I know it's gonna, it takes a while, especially for big men, to, to learn the craft, learn the speed of the NBA. His hands aren't that great yet. They're not Kwame Brown hands, but they're not great yet. But yeah, I feel good. I feel good about this. And I was, and, and I was very skeptical last week. I was very skeptical about their mental toughness and their experience because they don't have any experience. Gordon Dragic made it to the playoffs a couple times when Steven Nash was the point guard, but he played 12 minutes a game or whatever. Yeah, 12 or 14 minutes a game whenever Steven Nash would come out and he comes out the same time. He used to come out the same time every game. I like the position they're in. They need to get a lot better, but I like the position they're in this year. I want to continue talking about this in a different, kind of under a different umbrella. Adam Silver, the new commissioner of the NBA, has a lot of thinking to do. A lot of changes will come under his watch. And... I'm not sure if if David Stern knew that, so that's why he didn't want it to be on his shoulders or what. But Adam Silver is going to have to make some big decisions early on. And I think one of them will be changing the playoff structure. This may go against everything that the new collective bargaining agreement was trying to achieve. David Stern set in place that trying to get big market teams to not get all the good players, not build conglomerates. Hence why Chris Paul, was the trade to the Lakers was vetoed by David Stern, the acting GM of the New Orleans Hornets at the time. But the idea that I had was making it one big bracket. Top, you know, but I mean, cutting down the teams is the important part. 
I mean, you can keep the same brackets, same Western Conference and Eastern Conference, but you make six teams instead of eight. Or you make one big bracket, just make it one through 12. 12 best records in the league. And I know that that would have to change with regards to the regular season schedule. The Eastern Conference would have to play the Western Conference more than they do. You'd play the teams in your division a couple less times a year, and you'd be playing Eastern Conference teams more. It'd be a lot more travel. There'd be a lot more situations in that regard where the the back-to-backs would be harder. The scheduling committee would have a lot more work to do. But I believe that it needs to change somehow. Because the Eastern Conference is just atrocious. And I know it's cyclical. I know the Eastern Conference was the was the big wig conference in the NBA for many, many years. But there is really no There's no pulse in the Eastern Conference besides Indiana and Miami. Great storylines this year. Toronto, Chicago, Washington doing fantastic jobs with not a lot. Toronto's probably the, the surprise of the year, in my opinion, over, over Phoenix. Because they've been awful for a long time. And they're doing 33 and 26. Nobody expected this. One of my good friends, David Gill, works for... Uh, Works for the Raptors, and aside from the cold, I'm sure he's having a pretty good time in Toronto now. Changing the structure to one big playoff bracket. I believe that the the NHL did this in the 70s. I think I read somewhere. One big bracket. I think it'd be more fair to the better teams regardless of what conference they're in. And as of right now, it wouldn't be much different. If they did even 16 teams, one bracket, it'd be pretty much the same. But because it's not, it's not like baseball where you just have interleague play for you know a couple weeks and then that's it. And I know that they've done that more and more as the years have gone on with interleague play. But because they play so much, the Western and Eastern Conference play each other so much anyways, it would only seem fitting that at some point it'll just become one big bracket. And I, and I hope it does. I just think it'd be more exciting that way. But that's my personal opinion, and Adam Silver's got a lot, lot, lot to think about. And so does the scheduling committee if that were, were to come into play. Got to take a break. Final segment coming up. What in God's green earth are the Saints thinking, doing, trying to come up with when it comes to franchise tagging Jimmy Graham? We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. I'll be back in about two minutes. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. 
The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio, final segment. Covered a lot of stuff today. I do want to finish with Jimmy Graham. The Saints placed the franchise tag on him. Uh, we're not sure how much money that that will mean for Jimmy Graham for next year if he is uh, referred to as a tight end or as a wide receiver. If he was a tight end, $7.04 million. Wide receiver, $12.3 million. That's about $5 million difference. That's a lot of cheese. So that will come out later, How what franchise tag was put on him, wide receiver or tight end. But they gave him... They use their non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that he can sign with another team who's willing to give up two first-round picks as compensation. Now, the Saints can match it, so it's not like they're just going to get two first-round picks for maybe the best receiver in the game. But that's interesting. That might force the Saints' hand to pay pay him more than... They had wanted to in the first place. So the Cowboys want to give him $80 million. Oops. Not that they would because they already have... I mean, that's, that'd be interesting for him to go play there, but... I'm just not sure what they're thinking. How did this work out for Drew Brees? They paid him a boatload of money. I wonder if Jimmy Graham will hold out. I wonder if he'll just play because he's been an upstanding citizen, great player ever since he came into the league. When it comes down to business, you see people's true colors. Held Drew Brees hold, held out. Well, he was said he was going to hold out, and then they paid him. Chris Johnson held out for a while. Never been the same since.
Jimmy Graham has scored 41 times in 62 career games. Are you kidding me? He led the NFL with 16 touchdowns last year. He didn't have a catch in one game. And he still had 16 touchdowns. He is unstoppable. Pay him. You don't need to keep that whole receiving court together. You need to keep Marcus Colston, Jimmy Graham, and Drew Brees. That's it. Everybody else? Who was Robert Meacham before Drew Brees? Who was Lance Moore before Drew Brees? Who was entered here before Drew Brees? He will make stars out of anybody. So you don't need to pay anybody else but Jimmy Graham. Pay him. Marcus Colston is Drew Brees' rock. He always has been, and he will continue to be until he, until he retires. He's got to stop throwing the ball forward when he's trying to make a lateral pass in the last second of a game. Um, but besides that, Marcus Colston is, will always be Drew Brees' number one right-hand man. One of the best quarterback-receiver uh, combos in NFL history. But Jimmy Graham may be the best player in the NFL. And I know you can't really gauge that because there's a whole bunch of different positions offensively and defensively, special teams, everything. When he's on the field, he is the number one focus. I don't know how much... I wonder if he's going to get more money than Gronk. And Gronk's getting $9 mil a year. He can't stay on the field. And he's getting paid that. So I'm assuming that that's definitely going to... I'm assuming that that's going to go into Jimmy Graham's, you know, his think, his, his think tank, his group of, group of advisors. That's definitely going to go into the conversation of why he should get more than $9 million a year. I mean, yes, he had nagging injuries. He hasn't missed a whole bunch of games. He's got great hands. He's crazy tall. Long arms. Can jump through the roof. He's a great route runner. But more than anything, he can jump and get anything. He's got Randy Moss jump ball ability. And he's got Jason Witten hands. I mean, it's just like, how can you beat that? If New Orleans wants to win again, they re-sign him to a lot of money. I, I understand that this is how logistically how it works. I want this number. Team says we're only going to give you this number, and then let the let the the conversation begin. Sixteen touchdowns last year. For those of you who don't know, there's 16 touchdowns in a, in a season, uh, 16 games in a season. So that means one touchdown per game. That's seven points per game that he is worth. Not to mention all of all of the attention that he deserves, that he that he's given when he's on the field. 
I believe the Saints won the game where he had zero catches. Because he, you have to double-team him. You have to. That opens up the running game. That opens up the screen game. If he didn't catch a ball for the first three games of the season, I bet the Saints would still pull up, put up 30 points because they have so many weapons. However, weapons that can be replaced for less money to keep Jimmy Graham. And I think that that's what the Saints should do. Because you can't let him walk. He's going to look for more than 10 mil. He's going to look for receiver money in a tight end position. And he should. And he should. Look at all of look at all the big receivers here that we have that we have in this day and age. Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson, no specific order. Let's just let's just talk about those two first. They drop a lot of balls. In in high pressure situations, they drop a lot of balls. I mean, I remember in one game, Des Bryant dropped two or three wide open balls that that would have really helped move that team along to to in an effort to score in in a high pressure situation. Calvin Johnson, same thing. Jim Graham doesn't do that. He's got monster hands. Pay the man. And we'll find out how much it's for. And if they franchise tag him for seven mil for the tight end, for the uh, tight end money, I think that looks just kind of like a smack in the a slap in the face. He lined up sixty seven percent of the time as a wide outer in the slot. That's what receivers do, not tight ends. Ben Watson's a tight end. Jimmy Graham's a receiver. Got to go. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. Download, subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes. Go to voiceamerica.com. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk to listen to all of our old shows that are, that are archived. See you guys tomorrow. Remember, next week, starting Monday, we move from 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. So we'll be in line with Pacific Standard Time. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com. I'll see you guys tomorrow. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.